Welcome back, wrestling fans, to Will and Ted's Excellent Wrestling Rewind. As you guys know, I'm Ted. That's Will, and this is Mike. You've heard us talk about him before on our channel, and he is here with us today to give us his thoughts on a couple of things that are going on in the wrestling world, and because we're filming our trivia segments that we told you guys about uh, a couple weeks ago today as well. Fantastic. So. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely. We love, we love it when we can have a guest over. So um, this section is going to be all about the news today. We're going to talk about the happenings going on in the wrestling world. And uh, there's some, some eclectic stuff here today again this week. It's, it's, uh, it's a little bit fun. Um, we're going to start with the injury update like we usually do. Um, so Brian Cage, our Impact Champion, who's been out since Rebellion, since he had that, that back issue at Rebellion. Yeah, I still, like, cringed when I saw that spot. Like, yeah, the Spanish fly. I could yeah. feel his ass splitting in half <laughs> <laughs> as I was folding a cardboard box. Like, yeah, I mean, terrible. It, it is. I, I feel really badly for him. But he seems to be in good spirits. Yeah. Um, he's, been, he's been seemingly keeping very busy and doing some of his, um, his fitness stuff, and he's been keeping up with it. Dare I say that Impact has actually gotten away from the booking that actually messed them up and set them back for years and years and years. It seems like they're pushing organic new guys that... Aren't just ex WWE guys. Yeah, I, I like the the direction they're going with. Yeah, absolutely. The guys that they have. Absolutely. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I like Johnny Impact. I think that he was a great champion for the brand. But at the same time, I think that you're right. I think you know what made TNA special when it was still TNA. What made TNA special was the fact that they had AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, yeah. Loki. And they just don't have that right now. And they're building it. You know, they have Willie Mack and they have Brian Cage. And yeah, and don't get me wrong. Some of the guys that went there from WWE were fantastic. Like, yeah. if you were to argue with me, I think Kurt Angle was more of a TNA guy than he was uh, a, I completely agree with a that. WWE guy. Oh, absolutely. I, I feel like he there, did more there, yeah. He was the measuring stick. He spent more years in TNA than he did in the WWE. And accomplished a hell of yeah. a lot more. Absolutely. And, you know, you also had guys like Kristen Cage... Yep, Mr. Anderson, who yep. I still feel like should have been hooked a hell of a lot better than what he was. He had a potential to be something great. Yeah, for it, sure. You know, for sure. Happens. Well, it looks to me from the reports that we've been seeing um, that Brian is aiming for a Slam anniversary in ring return, which I think is perfect. I mean, Slam anniversary is kind of their WrestleMania. Yeah, it's their uh, big show for the year. It's their big show for the year. So I think that that. Um, that says that he'll be back soon, the fact that they're letting him talk about that publicly. I'm curious to see what the, the storyline will be there then. If yeah. they play it smart, they'll put him on TV. Well, I like, think they... Out doing promos and, you know, whoever he's going to be facing. Well, from what I understand... them face-to-face to each other. I'm assuming it's going to be Elgin. Yeah, it is. And and from what I understand, they haven't still been doing promos and stuff like that. Okay. But, um, so but I he, think that's... Uh, it's been mostly video package promos. Though. They haven't put them in front of the live audience, which I agree. Well, I think they should do fine. that. Right I think now. that was a big mistake that they did with Finn Balor in WWE. Was, yeah. uh, when he had his arms issue, he was out. And it was around the same time that Gallows and Anderson came in. Mm-hmm. And he would have been a great mouthpiece for them while they were doing yeah. their tag team push. And it would have kept Finn Balor on TV. Right. And... You know, right, instead like of just giving him his ball, and, yeah, instead of just giving him the ball and say going home. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Um, <clears throat> so then we got some mostly just WWE news from here on out in terms of injuries right now. Yeah. Um, Ackham of the Authors of Pain has been cleared to return to the ring. However, and what I want to talk about just a little bit here is the fact that he has been apparently, they've been keeping the Authors of Pain off of TV still, even though he's been cleared for supposedly two weeks. 
because of all of the nonsense with the wild card rule and the must-see Shane TV. Oh, my God. I, I don't want to see Shane McMahon on TV anymore. I'm just tired of it. I agree. I still feel that the best possible choice to book Kofi losing the title would be for him to drop it to Shane in some kind of screw job, and then Shane drops it to the Miz at Mania or SummerSlam. He is one of the most hated people in WWE right now, so the heat would work. But the problem is he's not hated right now because he's over as a heel. He's, he's hated, hated because he's taking up TV time TV from people that are... This is true, but I mean, with the wild card rule, what else do they have? Yeah, I mean, the WWE, like I said... They've written themselves into a corner. They, they, they only have one target to shoot at right now. It's their own feet. Yep. Yep, I agree. I agree. Um... So it appears, as we saw on Monday Night Raw this week, that AJ Styles is legitimately hurt. Um, from the interview that Styles gave, uh, I want to say it was with... I think it was with Charlie Caruso, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was. Yeah. Um, he basically said, it's not a nasty injury, it's not a super serious injury, but so it's a... It's nagging him, and he needs time off to rehabilitate it. So, yeah, and yeah. and then he was attacked by Baron Corbin. But now, Waste of space. <laughs> that's uh, that's going to be a tough loss on them, especially with their booking, because with a guy like AJ Styles, that's that's about 20, 15 to twenty minutes of wrestling that you can automatically know that you're going to get out of a guy yep. on a show, yeah. and it makes for easy booking. It's like. Same thing with him, same thing with Del Rio when he was with WWE. Yep. There's certain guys that you can look at and say, like, okay, well, I know at least where 20 minutes of my show is going to go. Right. Because those guys can do those type of matches. Right. Right. There's a name we haven't talked about in terms of potentially showing up in AEW. It's Alberto Del Rio. I think with his temperament and everything that went on with TNA. Or yeah, I'm I don't sorry, think it happened. I keep calling it TNA, but it's Impact now. Right. With everything that's... Happened. Old habits die hard. Yeah. He's he's kind of made himself a pariah. Is yeah, he, is he even working anywhere right now? I don't, he's he's not doing a whole know. lot. He's doing some coaching, and he's like he was trying to get ready for MMA, but then basically everyone told him he was too old. You know, he fought in MMA way before he went into absolutely. Yeah, he was a legit shoot fighter before. Yeah, yeah and then Mirko Krokop kicked his head halfway across the <laughs> the arena. Yeah, well, I mean, listen. Apparently, he he buried the hatchet with McMahon and with Helmsley. Um, I would say that I would love to see Alberto Del Rio come back and kind of guide Andrade a little bit. I think the two of them would be paired well together. I I want to agree with you, but half of me wants to disagree because I think Andrade, Andrade is one of the guys that can stand on his own. Oh, he definitely can. Oh, absolutely. He but can I... speak and he can wrestle. Which is rare these days. Oh, you! I mean, you, you saw the matches that he had with Ray. I mean, they yeah. were incredible. Yeah. Not yeah. just that, but the stuff with NXT. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and so he's he's somebody that's like an old school ECW guy that you can plant him in anything, and it seems like he can pull gold out of <coughs> a piece of crap. Yeah. So I agree with you, but here's my vision for it. Okay, my vision for it is they bring him back. And then it seems like he's a face with Andrade, right? They, they do this thing, they, you know. Then Alberto gets jealous, crosses him over. He's always been better as a heel anyway. Then he puts over Andrade. 
That's a big win for Andrade in terms of booking. See, I don't know. But, I, I don't know if I agree with that because they're booking Andrade as a heel right now. I right. don't think and he works that, great as a heel. He does. I don't think that Del Rio, at, inside of WWE with WWE's audience, ever took him as a serious threat. So I don't think he has that legend draw. That I don't think he has a legend draw, but I think he has the credibility as being the person that won the forty man Royal Rumble. He's multiple time world he, champion. He's a name. He's a like, name, but he's he's not a Ric Flair, but he's not you know. I th- I kind of feel like he's a he's basically a Tully Blanchard. Yeah. Or an Arn Anderson, like somebody who, who even people though, respect. Yeah. They respect the body of work. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um. Anyway, I, I do want to get past the the injury report here. We're still only in the injury report. Um. And then uh, Rey Mysterio is also, as we heard, legitimately yeah, sep- injured. Separated shoulder. Separated shoulder. Um, you mean he's not made out of cardboard? <laughs> so listen, and we'll talk about someone that put up a cardboard cutout at StarCast in a little <laughs> bit. Okay, But, but uh, you know, Rey, and, and I hate to say this because I enjoy everything that Rey Mysterio does in the ring. I think that he's a fantastic performer. Mm-hmm. I think that he is one of the few people that consistently performs the same way as he did when he was in his 20s, now in his 50s. I mean, literally, he, he pulled out a spot in TLC earlier this year that I had never seen where he literally boogie-boarded on a chair out of the ring onto Randy Orton. Yeah. I don't know. Who comes up with that? <laughs> Ray Ray, you Apparently. know, and, and, and he's so good, but here's my thing, throughout his entire tenure in the WWE, and I don't know the history in WCW, maybe you'll know this, because you're like an encyclopedia, as we said many times before on this show, yeah. um, throughout all of his WWE runs, and I think this is his third run now, he is always, always out for six weeks here, ten weeks there, three months here, Six when, months there. This started when, actually when he got to WWE, and it's because of his wrestling style and his knees. Mm-hmm. When he was in WCW, you know, he was like early 20s. Yeah. And he was fine. You got to remember, he didn't come to WWE until he was in like his mid-30s. Right. And by then, like, you know, he'd been wrestling for so long, he was beat up. But he was also not wrestling for a while. I, I'm not sure where he was before he came to the WWE. I feel like he might have been drawing off his contract like a lot of the guys were doing with the Turner contract. Yeah, I think, I think that might have been a thing. And he may have also been in AAA. And um, by the time he came to the WWE, it was, you know, for the first couple of years, everything was fine and dandy. But it was when he had, like, his second and third run when, like, the wheels... And the wheels necessarily didn't fall off of the bus. But... There's certain things that a human body can do, and there's certain things that a human body can't do. Like a guy like AJ Styles, he's starting to run into that with his injuries. Yeah. But you also got to remember he's not re- doing the same things he was doing 20 years ago either. Though. Yeah. But he still can. But the reason why AJ has more longevity than Ray is AJ worked the TNA schedule. Was like. Yeah. Maybe two, three days a week where when Ray was with WWE. It's every, every day. Every day. Yeah. Almost every day. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, you, Will, you and I have talked about many times that the, the schedule that these guys in the WWE... It's ridiculous. It, it, it's the, I think it's the leading cause of people yeah. being injured. But they also 
do tend to train their guys to be a more, I hate to say it this way, but like a video game style. Yeah. Where you have your set of moves, everything looks pretty, it's low impact, but now that they're bringing in a lot of these guys from Ring of Honor mm-hmm. and all these other indies, it's kind of upping the ante for different the things that you can do. Yeah. And I agree. Some guys are adapting well to it, and then the guys that aren't adapting well to it, you can you can tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I think that that's a very very astute assessment, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, but thankfully, thankfully, and we've had some weeks of this show. This is about week, week seven of the show. Yeah. You know, we've had some weeks of this show already where the injury list is almost as long as the results lists of, yeah. of the shows. You know, um, this is a pretty short list. Uh, obviously, anyone who gets hurt, we, we wish them a speedy recovery. Yeah. We hope that we see them back on TV soon. You um, never want to see somebody down and out. Yeah. yeah. No matter what, you know, behind, like, closed doors, if they're a pain in the ass or... I mean, we, we've gone through it with Nia Jax. And right. We, we criticize her, but we're, we're hoping that she comes back yeah. soon. Right. Right. Maybe not Baron Corbin. I could be okay with Baron Corbin. Nah, I like Baron Corbin. Oh, no. I am a... Uh, All right, Mike's kicked off the show. We got to restart bam, bam, the film. Bam, bam. I feel like he's stuck in the spot that Undertaker was stuck in before he got his late career WrestleMania runs where a lot of people are tired of seeing him because he's just a big guy that clobbers every small guy. But eventually, if you really take and look at what he does, he can work with anybody. Well, it's not hard to work with anybody when your moveset is five moves and... it's. It's more than that. It's worse than the five moves of Doom, man. It's... (laughs) Look at Randy Orton. Okay, I'm looking. When was the last time somebody got injured in the ring with Randy Orton? Ali. Uh, Like a month ago. Was it something that Ali did, or was it something that Orton did? Uh, Spot to the outside. So it's it's both men. Okay. What I'm trying to say is, is that it's few and far between that somebody gets hurt with Randy Orton. That's a yeah. true statement. Same thing with Corbin. Corbin's the same style of guy. Yeah, he may have five moves of doom, but it's WWE. You need a guy who can consistently go out and perform and have a low risk of injury and a low risk of hurting anybody. I just, personally, I think just Corbin just needs like a rework of his character. I think well, that would... I think the best thing that happened was him. that they shaved his head. Well, I think that was more for him than anything else. Though. Yeah, well, I, I mean, you can see his hairline. The hairline yeah. was... Well, like like I was saying, guys, um, you know, we never really want to see anyone get hurt. I joke about Baron Corbin, but kind yeah. of. Um, you know, but really, in all, in all reality, we, we hope that all these guys come back soon, that we see them quickly, and that uh, they get healthy. And, you know, I really hope that Nobody rushes anybody back too fast yeah. so that they, they just go out there and get hurt worse, you know, like, yeah. like yeah. Carson Wentz. <laughs> Z-packs. Z-packs <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, moving on to the, a larger portion of the news here, we have some, you know, we, we kind of break our news segment up into the injury report and then hires, fires, anniversaries, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so uh, what I did this week, which is a little bit different than what we've done in the past, I broke it up into companies. Okay. And so the big news this week in terms of that kind of stuff, um, I'll start with Ring of Honor since it's the smallest company that we're going to talk about. Uh, Jonathan Gresham, who who is not currently under his Ring of Honor contract, um, 
you know, he, he just had this big program with Jay Lethal. He's, he's an asset to their show. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's absolutely an asset to their show. And uh, he's been working without a contract, and they're still negotiating his extension. So I'm a little bit concerned because Ring of Honor needs to be the company that's really concerned about losing people with an AEW popping up. Well, and with all of their collaborations, because they're doing so many collaborations with NWA and with New Japan, yeah. you know, you don't want to lose your guys to those people, and then they still end up on your programming because you have these collaborations going on. Well, in, in terms of that, I feel like with Ring of Honor, even with guys not resigning, they're still going to want to come and wrestle for them. They're still yeah. going to want to show up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ring of Honor's atmosphere right now is one of the most comfortable locker rooms I've seen in a long, long time where guys just show up because they want to perform and have a great show. I mean, Bully Ray didn't need to sign with them. No. And he still signed with them. And, I mean, consistently, there's guys like, I, I mean, honestly, when I'll give you a good example. Everybody was really upset that, uh, oh God, what's his name, Marty Skrull didn't get the, uh, the world title nod. Yeah. You know, it ended up going to the dude from the kingdom. But in my defense, it was good business because everybody knows once girls contracts up, he's going to AEW. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah. So if you only confirmed, have, <laughs> if you only have a guy for like two months, I mean, yeah, you could give a guy a world title run for two months, but it wouldn't be a significant run. Especially uh, because your programming is so short and you have yeah. to highlight some talent. I don't think it does anything for the belt either. Right, exactly. Right. So, so going into that match, booking-wise, I knew it's uh, Matt Taven, right? Yeah, Matt Taven. Yeah. yeah. See, I see the Kingdom commercials and all I know is Kingdom. And... <laughs> but uh, I knew he was getting the title. Yeah. I absolutely knew it was. And deservedly so. Matt Taven's talented. Yeah. Right? The, the guy is great on the mic. He, he knows he exactly how to get the heat he wants from the audience. Exactly. You know, he, he's very talented that way. And in the ring, I don't want to say that uh, he's no Bret Hart or Dean Malenko in the ring by any stretch of the imagination. But I would liken him to some of the, the guys that we've seen come up through Impact and be highly successful like an EC3. I compare him to Just Incredible. What Just Incredible took the title from... Uh, Oh, Mr. Polanco. Tommy Dreamer. Okay. Okay. Before that even happened, like, you hear Tommy Dreamer won the title from Taz, and you're like, great. But then when you see that Just Incredible comes out and challenges him and throws down the tag titles and says, I want that belt, you're like, oh, what an asshole. But, like, you love it because he knew he was going to do something like that. And it's believable that that would be who he would drop his title to. Yeah. Because, you know... Why let Tommy Dreamer have a happy moment? I would love to see a just incredible return. Return, like another run. The problem is he's had so many problems with the alcohol abuse and being in and out of rehab in these last couple of years. I, I just I worry about him. But I would love to see him come back in I don't want him in WWE because I think I think You want to know something that's crazy? Mm-hmm. He's actually a member of the clique. I know. He he's like but he's like an unofficial member of the clique. No no. No, no. He was with them on the road <laughs> all the time. Okay. Listen, he's not considered by Sean and Paul to be in the clique. He's considered by Kevin and Scott and Sean Waltman. 
And while that's majority rules, I suppose. Uh, the biggest guys <laughs> in the group that could kick anybody's ass. I mean, listen, Waltman, Waltman would have a hard time kicking a lot of people's asses. Uh, but anyway, and I like Sean Waltman a lot. But You better watch out, he might shit in your bag. <laughs> um, you know, but, but, Are you sure about the, <laughs> with but, the, with the, uh, the ass issue that he had? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> This makes things easier. Come out. <laughs> oh, man. Come on. Stop it. Stop it right now. We have to delete that segment of the show now, guys. Nah. All right. So, so listen. Um, really, though, I, I would like to see it. I would like to see him come back. And even if it's, like, in a managerial role where he still kind of gets involved in the ring once in a while, he still, like, kind of like Flair did for Evolution. You know what I mean? And have him kind of be part of... Like the the deathmatch guys in AEW, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I was like, just say where would you put where would you put him in Impact? Would you I would put him in, in AEW because I think Impact would just waste him like they did, you know, like have him be a coach in the back. To be honest, no, no, I want to see him on TV because I want people to realize how talented he is as a speaker on the mic. He is he is akin to Paul Heyman that way. He really is, and and, and nobody remembers him as that way because he I always had honestly do. Because because Francine always did the talking. Oh God! You have to think about it. Really think about it. Lance Storm was not a talker, right? Just incredible. He still isn't. He still isn't. <laughs> Talk about somebody with a leather face. <laughs> you know, but but Francine did all the talking for them as a tag team, and because she did, we never got to see that in ECW. Yeah. Now, when we were when he was in WWE in that stable with X Pac and uh, Albert, what was that called? Um, oh dear lord! They had like the country song and the ah, X Factor. X Factor, thank oh, you. God. Um, or no, it was either X Factor or Factor X. It was X Factor. It was X Factor. <laughs> and uh, they had Uncle Cracker. Uncle Cracker, in, yes. In the history of <laughs> terrible themes. <laughs> It was bad. It you was don't bad. have to look at me like that. I'll, I'll give. Uh, oh God, what's his name from uh, Brian Zane? Brian Zane, perfect with the number one worst theme song in WWE <laughs> history. Brian Zane, I don't remember that. Um, but anyway, the what I was going to say is, I, I think that that he would be a good mouthpiece for the guys. Like, uh, what's the deathmatch? guy's name in AEW that wore the mask at the pay-per-view. Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy Havoc. Him, Jimmy Havoc, you know, and give Jimmy Havoc like a little a little core group of deathmatch guys from CZW, you know what I mean? And, and just let Justin Incredible kind of be like, like there. Ha-ha. Havoc from TNA's brother? I don't know. Jessica Havoc? Remember her? No, I don't. Uh, I don't. She used to come out dressed in like, I guess like a punk version of like a Bane outfit. <laughs> Had the same face mask. Oh, that's what—that's the kind of face mask that he was wearing. Yeah, he's got like, a little bit like the goth mask. Yeah, I used to. All right, let's. Um, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, let's. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on. Nah, so not AEW's had a, a couple of things happen here. So we're going to start with one of the funniest tweets I've seen this week. <laughs> um, was a guy. He tweeted out because Luchasaurus was signed yeah. to, to All Elite Wrestling. Luchasaurus is a dinosaur. So, so it says, AEW, AEW says, we're going to have a sports-based serious product. Yeah. Also, also AEW. AEW. We just signed a freaking dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
it's perfect timing with the Godzilla movie coming out. Yeah. And, but but listen, the guy's talented. If you watched him in the uh, if you watched him in the Battle Royal at Double or Nothing, he was really special in there. Yeah. He did great things. He choke slammed um, Jimmy uh, Janella. He he choked him Janella yeah. out onto that table and it made him look like he died. Yeah. You know, like it was. He does great things in the ring. I'm really excited that he's going to land there and be on TV every week because awesome. <laughs> and and his and his replies to people like people were tweeting like, "Oh my god, this guy thinks he's a dinosaur. How lame is that?" You know, I take that as like I teach I teach fifth and sixth graders and seventh and eighth graders and they'll, like they'll watch Despicable Me and like, why is that hole that big? That doesn't make any sense. It's a cartoon. Yeah. Like this is wrestling, guys. We had Doink the Clown. Okay, <laughs> we had the Chicken Man. Okay. Gobbledygooker. We had Gobbledygooker. Gobbledygooker, Terry Taylor. <laughs> I mean, for crying out loud. For crying out loud. This is professional wrestling. We have Brock Party. Don't you know? hate on the Brock Party. No, I love the Brock Party. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, people are, like, are firing off at him. He's like, so listen, I've been around for billions of years, and you can all just F off. <laughs> billions. He, he, he's, living, he's, he's living the kayfabe on Twitter, and it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, it's awesome. So, uh, so... That, that they, should do like a, they should do like a painting where he's like at a card table, like they do with the dogs, <laughs> but it's like him, a raptor from Jurassic Park, Dino. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, as of right now, Sean Spears, who is formerly known as Ty Dillinger, is not under AEW contract, despite his appearing at yeah, the uh, Double and Nothing pay-per-view. all reports that said that he, he had signed with them. Right, so uh, according to him in an interview, he has not yet signed. He just kind of jumped in because he knew it was going to be a history-making yeah. show, and he wanted I'm to be assu- part of it. I'm and assuming that. They're, they're working out a contract. I imagine, yeah. too, he'll probably do what a lot of guys from WWE do, like... They make a lot of money. Yeah, just going from sell. going from place to place, and but they don't have enough time to do anything right. with their lives other than you know a couple days here a week. Right. So I imagine what's really going on because when did he get? Well, obviously, it's not no complete clause is done. Yeah. But I can imagine a guy like that, even though it seems like he's underused, wanting some time to you know just hang out, chill out yeah. for a little bit. I can agree. Works yeah. out, yeah. get himself into shape because. The AEW work rate looks like it's a different work rate than WWE. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Sentiment. Where it might be less matches, but you need to pull a lot more out of your ass than a regular, you know, yeah, WWE I, match. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, so, here's, here's and this is the one that I kind of find the, um, the most interesting, because the most shocking was obviously John Moxley appearing at yeah. the pay-per-view, and then they've announced now that he's in a multi-year deal and uh, Tony Khan has gone on to say that you know while we don't have a weekly program going he's going to be free to go and do as he pleases he'll be in New Japan next week yeah. uh, going off against Juice Robinson for the United States title over there um, which I think will be a fantastic match by the way uh, the promo for that was really cool with the knife and the digging the hourglass into the I into like the bar. it because it reminds me of old school wrestling where you can go from territory to territory yeah agreed yep and it really, really, really helps with spreading the word about the product. Mm-hmm. And it also sells him as a marketable character. Yeah, absolutely. He's in control of his destiny right now. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, Should I go into my... Well, well, 
we'll, we'll come back to it. We'll circle back here. Okay. Um, so, Joey Ryan, uh, we had talked a couple weeks ago about the fact that we thought that AEW would be the best place for him to land if he was going to leave the independent scene. Yeah. I think he's too, I think Impact takes itself too seriously for that. I think WWE would try and change him, and uh, AEW would just kind of let him do him. But uh, at the end of the day, he has actually declined, and he's and basically what he said, he was in the ring, and he did this promo for the for a, a show he was at, and he said, you know, I, I received all these offers, and I was negotiating them, and then I realized that they're going to change me, and I've spent 19 years building my brand and building what I do, and I'm building a relationship with the independent wrestling scene, yeah. and I, I don't want that to change, so I choose <coughs> independent wrestling, and I choose... To, to stick with the independent wrestling fans. Which, and that's good for for him. Yeah. I don't if, feel like he needs to be locked down. And I think if he locks himself down... He loses his I don't think mojo. it's that he loses his mojo. I think he loses out on a lot of money. Because a lot of people find him very controversial. But people go to shows to see what the hell he's going to do. Yep. Scott Steiner just did a match with him. Did anybody see that? Yeah. Oh, man. I haven't. He well, actually got, got Steiner to sell for it. Steiner yeah. sold for it. I tweeted about. It. I tweeted out about it because I saw the clip. It, did, the, he went to do. Steiner went to do an atomic drop, and as he came down, Steiner. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, Steiner made it seem like he just destroyed his knee. Yeah. And so Steiner's rolling around yeah. on the mat, going, "Oh my leg! Oh my leg!" And then Steiner finally gets up and he and he and he does the grab. Yeah. And, gotcha. And he's like, and so Steiner's like trying to flex his arm. He's trying to like, uh, like trying to pull it back, trying to pull it back, and trying to flex it. He gets pulled back. Yeah. <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> like I, I want to see that. And now all day long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, but long story short, like he's a very controversial character. Yep. I mean, guys like Jim Cornette, like smoke comes out of his ears talking about some of the stuff that he does. Yeah, Jim Cornette's a dick, so I don't really care. <laughs> see, yeah. I love Jim, but in a case with like this guy, like yeah, it's it's clown wrestling. It's Basically, cartoon wrestling, but that's like that that dude that. But sometimes you need a clout, like a palate cleanser, yeah. in the middle of a car. And we experienced that at the ACPW show. That yeah, we saw with, uh, yeah, with uh, Matt Stryker Stryker. And, yeah, and Lazlo. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly what that was, and it was our most. It was the most fun part of the night. Yeah, yeah. That's why, like, uh, anytime I've gone to a Ring of Honor show, I always look forward to seeing. Uh, even though oh, he broke my heart recently, Dalton Castle. Uh, the, uh, him and the boys. Yeah. And he, like, he turned on the boys. One of my all-time favorite characters in any type of, like, TV show media is Shoreleaf from the Venture Brothers. Uh-huh. And the character that Dalton Castle portrays is the closest thing that I've seen to Shoreleaf. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. when I go to Ring of Honor, not only do I look forward to him, at, like, as a wrestler, because he's just a fantastic wrestler, but I also look forward to the comedy bit that he brings. Yeah. Right. But obviously now he's doing a different character. He's going full heel, which is great. And it, it, it just it broke my heart when he started looking <laughs> on the boys. I, uh, I was like, no. <laughs> Stop it. They're already dead. All right. I mean, it, it seems to me that Joey Ryan pulled the, the same thing that Pac did, where he he's loyal to, or he wants to do what he wants to do. Yep. And for him, that's not being tied down to a big... Yep. And you'll notice that even though Pac was on the initial... Even up until like 48 hours ago, he was on the art for 
uh, Fighter Fest. Yeah. He's no longer being advertised now. So uh, that that relationship has obviously soured quite a bit in the last oh. last seven days. Um, I, I want to come back to John Moxley. Uh, I, I know you have a strong opinion about this, and that and that you want to get some stuff off your chest. But uh, you know, um, I want to say off the bat that I found his interview on Talk Is Jericho to be not enlightening because it's stuff that we talk about on a weekly yeah, basis on our show. Stuff that a lot of people kind of assume. Know, right? right, but but what I did find it to be is. Um, cleansing like it, it, it almost felt to me like okay I feel justified feeling this way as a fan of the WWE and I am still a fan of the WWE yeah. we are all still fans we all still watch the programming we all still you know so I'm not saying I'm not a fan of what the WWE as many issues out. as I we think right. I, I, I have issues with some of what my fandom is being given yeah. you know um, but, but I found it very cleansing and very vindicating to to know that this was a stop singing a song in your head. No, um, it, I, I had a I kind of compare it to what we've went through with the Sixers the last few years. Yeah, during I the mean, process, how nobody in Philadelphia was happy with what right. was going on, and now I was a season ticket holder, and I don't watch them at all, and I don't have anything to do with the product because of the fact that they decided to turn around and suck on purpose. Yeah, when they had playoff caliber teams. And I just gave up. Yeah. All right. So, so I, I know you want to go. I know you want to go on a little stint here about about John Moxley. Um, so I want to give you your time and make sure that you get that. Okay. So I have the same sentiments with you about what you said, mm-hmm. but I also have a sentiment of it was no secret, right, that these things were going on. Right. Everybody knows that these things were going on. Um. My only issue is. While his wife is still working with the company, why not wait? So she doesn't get punished. And, like, don't get me wrong. Like, legally, you're not supposed to punish people because of what people say outside of work and everything like that. But it's more of an embarrassment factor on her side because now she has to go to work and she has to face her bosses while knowing that he's saying all this. And it's kind of the same situation with CM Punk when AJ Lee was working for the company still. Yeah. Where, you know, obviously AJ Lee was a big, big draw, and they gave her her moment at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, things still weren't comfortable while she was there. The one thing that you always want to make sure when you have somebody, when you're in a relationship, is that no matter what, they're happy and they're comfortable with whatever they're doing professionally. Right. And he just went and made her life... Very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment. Um, because I don't know if you heard it while we were, when we went to WrestleMania, as we were walking out, we kind of walked by where all the people were coming out after the show, mm-hmm. and Renee Young was one of those people that came out, and I'm, obviously the first thing someone said to her was something about Dean. So like she's she's right. she's never going to kind of get out of that shadow, I guess, of yeah. being in a relationship with him. Right. Like, I'll, I'll give... One guy, a lot of credit when he left, because he had an opportunity to run his mouth and just dog the hell out of WWE, and he did not do it, and that was Damian Sandler. Yeah. Yeah. He, he remained very professional, and I wish we still saw Sandow, man. Sandow was so 
Darn I, talent. I have a feeling he's one of the guys that will turn up in AEW. I think he's one of the eight that they were talking about. Okay. Okay. And I can see I, that. I could very well buy him as a world heavyweight champion. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's so good. And so even good. if you... Even even if they have him play a comedic role again, well, he's good in that role too. I always, he can do anything. I always thought that he would have been great for the Dean Malenko type character, where it's like the Man of a Thousand Holds, where he can beat you with any type of move anywhere, any place in the middle of the ring. Right, right. No, I think I think that's that's spot on. All right, but, so you know, not not to not to cut you off, but I do want to I want to keep keep things moving just a little bit. Um, you know, I I. I Echo your sentiments about making sure that Renee Young is protected. Um, I just feel like it would be nice for one of these guys to leave a company and not go all over the internet and do a shoot and just be professional. Like, wait until you're retired and older. That's why a lot of these guys that do shoot interviews now are respected. Like, you had George Steely do his shoot interview. Yeah. You had, you know, Hockey Talk Man, which had the Hockey Talk Man stuff is, you know, yeah. he's a very bitter old man. Yes. Yes. But, uh... Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that that's something that's definitely missing is professionalism right now. Um, and with that being said, there's a bunch of people that seem to be leaving the WWE um, coming up. So, Maria Canales has been talking on Twitter about, you know, my limited time left on 205 Live and, you know, Member, or contracts are up soon and fans said where and she's like oh our gym membership but her, their, their deals are legitimately from every report that I read up next month which no offense talk about a group of characters that show up and instead of making a splash they just came in and it was like a little cloud of dust like Listen, barely made an impact right but that's because WWE didn't use them in any way that was It's the same old story, Mike. They, they, they come in, they, they get brought in, they get signed, they, they do a production package about them that runs for three or four weeks. They show up, and then they do nothing. Well, you can't. kind of how WWE works right now. Right. You can't blame it when literally there's a stone-cold dead reaction. Dude, the same thing happened with EC3. That's why EC3 is getting dogged out right now. EC3 is getting dogged out right now. EC3 is getting dogged out right now because of the fact that Dean was getting cheered during his matches. I know. That's what I'm saying, though. That wasn't EC3's fault. That was bad booking. It's bad booking is why Mike Canales and Maria Canales did not get over. They were booked as a lovey-dovey couple coming into the WWE in the middle of their super ultra wrestling push with NXT. Yeah. Let me ask you this. What's Mike Canales' finisher? Dude, question... (laughs) <laughs> I don't think he needs one. That's my answer. Uh, no, see, no, no, no. See, Listen, let, the... no. Shut up and let me talk now. You asked me a question, <laughs> now I'm going to answer it, damn okay. it. Okay? Mike Canales doesn't need a finisher. And here's why. Because his finish is almost never clean. He doesn't need a finisher. This is how much I don't know about Mike Canales. I don't even know what his finisher is. Even with his time in TNA, I don't know what his finisher is. For a guy to stand out coming in, like, EC3 was a great get. You knew what his finisher was from TNA coming in. 
He knew a lot about him because of the world title matches. He knew his potential. Yeah, when he left, he was Derek Bateman, which, let's be honest, he was basically just John, John Cena with a throw. Not to, be, <laughs> not to be confused with Darren Young, who's John Cena with a throw and a blackface. Oh, God, like, some of the things you say. But, long story he short. Not, he does not necessarily represent how I would say things. I'm saying that because I'm a teacher and people hold <laughs> no, us no, to a higher standard. <laughs> it's a running joke. I don't know if you know that on, no. on, about Darren Young. He literally looks like John Cena. Like, if you look at him and put them next to each other. I'm going to pull up a side-by-side shot during this portion of the program that they're going to see on YouTube <laughs> of Darren Young and John Cena. Okay. So that we can get people to comment below whether or not it's actually a thing. Okay? It's a huge thing. So, that being said, like, Mike Canales is one of the best talents on 205 Live. Uh, but I go, watch, go watch his match with Brian Kedrick this week. Go watch it. Yeah, but that's... Go watch the Fatal Five Way from last week. Yeah, that's like me when I was younger, wanting like. Go watch him versus Tazawa. He sounds like he's your Bob Holly, because I was a big fan of Hardcore Holly when I was a kid. I know. <laughs> like it's the Falcon Arrow, Ted. You know. Yeah, listen, I get it. I get it. <laughs> exactly. Can you tell they're related? <laughs> We're cousins. Um, <laughs> So raised like brothers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Yes, th- there's potential for Mike Canales to be my to be my Bob Holly if we're talking in that regard. However, this is what I would say. Mike Canales' work in Impact was outstanding as well. His in-ring work is phenomenal. Just because I can't name his finisher off the top of my head, you know, shh, wait, I'm not done. Okay? <laughs> does not mean that He's not popular enough. If you look at the reactions he was getting in Impact, that's but why they brought I'm him I'm not arguing that he's not popular enough. What I'm saying is, if you're going to stand up and go to battle for a guy, if you can't name his finisher... You know what? I'm going to look it up. Buddy. I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to look it up. Oh, man. I'm going to look it up I mean, right do now. Do you understand where I'm coming from with I, that? No, I do get you. Because... Like, there's so AC, many... AC3 was a guy that I have defended... Many times I, I feel really bad for him Oh, right I do know what it is because it's also the name of his entrance music, which is Power of Love. <laughs> but what is it? It's a, it's a Samoan driver. It's Dude. just as good as the Falcon Arrow. <laughs> Dude, we're talking about professional wrestling. It's the like, people's elbow was a goddamn finisher. No, I get you. Someone but, stu- but so, the, rock, the Rock stood up. And went, aha, boom, and just dropped on somebody and pinned them for world goddamn titles. But it's... World goddamn titles, Mike. Yes, but it was also a joke meant to make The Undertaker crack up in the backstage. <laughs> oh, man. The power of love. Mike Canales, you're my homeboy. Thank you for replying to me on Twitter all the time. <laughs> See, that's where it is right now. <laughs> that's the thing. He's a viewer. So, oh, so... The next story, because we're going to move off of this. Everything is just, oh my god. Will, Will's losing his mind right now. Who's uh, your favorite wrestler that we can trash? <laughs> Ricochet. What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh man, that's a guy. <laughs> Alright, so uh, this, there was a lot of speculation over the last couple of weeks that uh, Road Dog was done. Like that he was just packing his yeah, bag. Yeah, and that was home. absolute 
bull crap. He got put into a new position. Yeah, he, yeah. so now he's over at the PC. Well, he left the writing position. He did not yeah. want to deal with Vince anymore. Yeah. Well, can I don't him. blame him. Um, but now he's over at the PC. So it's almost like DX is now running NXT <laughs> and <the> PC. <laughs> Like awesome. DX made all this, all these jokes about AEW at the Hall of Fame ceremony. Triple H is dropping bombs, you know, because Billy's over there now. But, but really, you've got Road Dog, you've got Shawn Michaels, you've got Triple H, and guess who comes in to do clinics every couple of months? Shawn Waltman. <laughs> Let me throw a crazy scenario at you. New DX. As far as I know, <laughs> Triple H's contract as a talent is year to year. Um, he doesn't have like a long term. No, it's it's two years. It's two years because he and Stephanie are on alternating years, and Stephanie's talent contract is up this year. Okay. That being said, I believe I just looked up that information earlier too. I should I should have it memorized, but I don't. I'm sorry. He is absolutely the type of man to basically turn around and go. If you're not going to do what's good for the gander. I'm gone. Yeah. Now, but I, I, I don't wouldn't think... see him going to a place like AEW. No. No, they just broke his chair, man. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is I could very well see a scenario where he just disappears. He just takes his ball, goes, goes away for a couple of years, and all of a sudden there's another federation. I don't know if I can see that because of all the work he's done with NXT. He he's built up NXT to the point where I don't know about you guys, but I sit down and watch NXT every week. Do you sit down and watch Raw and SmackDown? No, I, I watch, watch NXT, NXT every week. Yeah, I just watch highlights at I'm, this point. I watch. I I make it a Adam Cole baby. <laughs> you mean Sean? Michael's 2.0. Um, why do you think I like him so much? We've already talked about on the show that Sean Michael's my favorite wrestler. Don't try and throw down on me, bitch. <laughs> Maybe you should watch our About Us video. Yep, just saying. Watch our I About knew. Us video. <laughs> so who was your favorite wrestler when you were a kid? The Undertaker. That was the guy that I... He was the first guy that I really... And Mike, and Mike will tell you that it was Bob Holly, but he's lying to you. It was <laughs> Bret Hart. And he just doesn't like to admit it because he doesn't like to be another Bret Hart fan amongst That's millions. Not true. <laughs> That's not true. I absolutely like Bret Hart. And the reason why I like Bret Hart is because of his body of work. I like guys who can get into the ring and consistently work with people and not have any blemishes on their records. I guess get, getting kicked in the head by Goldberg isn't really his blemish, right? No, that was Goldberg. Was Goldberg <laughs> <laughs> All right. And let's be, I like 92 through 96. Okay. Bret Hart. That's fair. That's fair. I did not like WCW Bret Hart at all. But now, as an adult, and seeing everybody come out and say what they had to say about Bret Hart, and looking back and looking at everything that went on with him, there's other guys that I... I absolutely like, and there's one that I never thought I would ever like as much as I did, but I really, really like Stunning Steve Austin over Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm. Especially with mm. playing with Brian Thelman. 
Right, either. Him, him and Brian Pillman were yeah. incredible together. I will, I will and give I that. I wholeheartedly think that uh, WCW was right in releasing him because they did not know what they had. Right. And they had so much going on. Right. And I think Stone Cold does the best Dusty Roots impression on this planet. <laughs> and Ric Flair impression. If you ever get a chance to see the ECW shoots that he posted... <laughs> <laughs> just fantastic awesome I'm gonna have to go watch that yeah. speaking of which um, I want to I want to finish this but then I have a homework assignment for you young man um, so yeah you have a whipper snapper you got homework yeah you had homework. homework in years early 2000s guy only knows Undertaker from his good matches guy <laughs> um, alright so I am so younger the, than both of you but you sit through the Giant Gonzalez match and you like, <laughs> <laughs> That's not Undertaker's fault. That's, that's not Gonzalez's fault. That's why I compared Corbin to Undertaker, though. Like he has to work with everybody. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So um, we've talked about a couple people's contracts coming up, and so I, I went and found a little list of people that are coming up in the very, very near future. Um, Rhino, who we talked about, did the interview with Chris Van Vliet, where he talked about yeah. it. He, he gave up a double contract to sit at home where he, cause he wanted to be out and doing things. Didn't he also win his mayoral race? Yes. But so, that, but he's, but he's been in WWE for two years with that. I mean, um, and then at some point you gotta be the mayor if you're the mayor. Yeah. True. <laughs> um, Shinsuke. Shinsuke's deal is up this year. Um, so that's, that's an interesting one. And then I mean, if, I, if I'm him, I'm packing my stuff and I'm leaving. I'm going um, back to new Japan. Although, I don't know, because I, it's, that's, him, that's too hard for him at this point. I think it's I'd, too harsh for him. I'd, Cody. Yep. And then... I, uh, I disagree with the Cody Graves thing. I think he goes back to New Japan because... You I really think, think he can still pull strong style, though? I and mean, he's old now, man. I mean, I'm not saying that in a bad way. Like, the guy can still go, but he's getting up. Guys go there until, like, their 50s. It's true. It's true. He doesn't have the neck for it anymore, though. He hasn't been doing the dojo neck workout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right. But but I, I can see that. I can see that. But the other the other tag team that's coming up this year, the Good Brothers. Ah. Oh, AEW. Oh. Confirmed. Oh. oh. <laughs> Confirmed. Ah. Uh, if, the, if they leave, the, I mean, once their contract's up, there's, they're just going to be a blur going out the door. Yeah. They, they can't get out of that, that place fast enough. I'd like to see them in Impact. Honestly, really, I'd like to see them go on the impact. And I think uh, I think the biggest thing that WWE really messed up on was the fact that Carl Anderson's a good single. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, Don't get me wrong; you can't use the TKO as your finisher in WWE because you know EC3 is using it now. No, EC3 isn't using anything right now. He's getting beat up at the top of the ramp before he's, he even he's, wrestles. He's sitting there at the, the Usos Memorial Day party going. Duh. You know, he's not doing jack shit right now. He looked like the most sad puppy. I will seen. say this. And Vince was like, zoom in on that face. That's perfect. It's, it'll get us exactly what we want. <laughs> Frown. <laughs> All right. So, uh, let me say one thing about EC3. (laughs) He is one of the wrestlers that when he was in TNA, I was absolutely fearful that he was going to hurt somebody in the ring. I I think that he was very young when he was starting that big push. 
and I think that he grew a lot over the course of his push to the point where he became a much safer worker by the end the thing that than he was at the beginning. Beginning. When I watch him wrestle, and this is something that's probably going to like make you like, he's got a bit of Ryback stiffness in the ring. I, kind of, I, I think I can agree. I agree with that. Like nothing really looks like a natural motion in him. No. Yeah. He's, he's got more of an indie wrestling. He's like a we've, Piper Nevin. Yeah, we've talked about timing issues with, with Piper. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He he basically. I don't think he's assimilated to WWE's work style, and I think that's why he wasn't, after Derek Bateman, that's why he was gone, was because he couldn't adapt to constant flowing progression work style. Yeah, I can agree with that. I would agree with that, wholeheartedly. And that's always been my issue with him when he was at TNA. Like, great on the mic. I love him as a heel. Should never not be talking. Should always be talking. Well, the only thing he does now is yell and grunt. Yes. Unfortunately, yeah. yes. If you've seen if, and get beaten up by Braun Strowman, well, that too. If, if you've Everybody seen the twenty four seven title uh, bits here and there, yeah. Braun Strowman to me is a guy who <laughs> they missed the mark on. Uh, no, they didn't miss the mark on him. It's just that when you look at him, they he, didn't miss the mark on Braun Strowman. They didn't. The problem with Braun Strowman is. You and I just made the same face. <laughs> you look at him and he looks like the complete... He's basically everything that you want at Big Show, Andre the Giant, all these giant guys. He is, a, he is the, the typical Vince guy. No, he's not. He's, he's huge. A, he's a big guy that can do moves. Like, he's basically... Big Show never really had a move set. I see what you're saying. Big Show just true. Had, had this unbelievable power about him. If anything... He's Big John Stud 2.0, but with a better moveset. The thing with Braun Strowman that everybody keeps forgetting, he looks like a grown man, he's got the mentality of a child. So he's got a high chance of saying stupid things, doing stupid things in the backstage area. We heard about the Karen Angle thing, right? Where he was at the bar and he had the breaker not to like tell her because he was like a complete asshole to her. Yeah. She, asked, she asked for an autograph for her kid and like he completely told her to go F herself and everything like that. And then once he found out who she was, he was like down on his knees at the bar begging for her not to tell anybody. So, the issue with him, it's not... He needs to mature, is what you're saying. Yes, he needs to mature. He needs to realize that he's a professional and that there's things that are expected of him. He can't be doing these social media pictures where he's dressed like Wonder Woman. Like, it's funny to us, but Vince sees that, and he's like, well, what the hell? Yeah. The other thing, too, you throw the world title on him, unless you're getting somebody that's going to do something off the top rope to him, who the hell is going to beat him other than Brock Lesnar? Like, realistically, nobody's going to be able to roll him up. Lars Sullivan. Oh, God. Uh, there's another guy. Perfect example All of right, something uh, that... Uh, please, I don't want to get on a Lars Sullivan rant right now. <laughs> Please. I was having a good week. I'm just saying, he's a kid. He's basically a toddler in a big muscular adult's body with the way that he carries himself. I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. All right, let's uh, keep the ball rolling. Keep, keep it moving. All right, so Ric Flair had his first post-op interview, and um, he pretty much just calls Shawn Michaels a bitch. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, he's he's kind of right, but Sean also, I think, was saying what he was saying out of wearyment for Rick's for Rick. Right. Yeah. Like, instead of being Ric Flair, be Ric Flair. You know? Richard Flair. Right. You know? Right. Space Mountain has, like, an age restriction for heart conditions <laughs> for a reason. Shut it down. <laughs> you know, I get that. Um, and, I, I, you know, I didn't even get to read the Shawn Michaels comments uh, when I saw this story pop up yeah. today. But um, but Ric Flair kind of goes, yeah, one of the quotes I took from the interview from Ric Flair was, who the hell are you yeah. to tell me? He pretty much told yeah. Shawn Michaels to stay in his lane. Yeah, like, you know, he said, you, you, I mean, you emulated Michaels... me, you, you you tried to live my exact lifestyle, and now you're trying to tell me... Like... I was going to say, didn't Michaels do enough coke that, like, he had a bald spot on the top of his head from trying to go out the back of his head? <laughs> Did anyone see the gift today on Twitter of, uh, of the, it just says, 90 wrestlers before promo, and it's like this woman time with a credit card, is, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a pile, like, this big of white powder. Nothing um, is nothing. And she just goes, she just goes, and she falls back. <laughs> It's absolutely gold. Absolute gold. And I, all I can think of is Shawn Michaels oh, and Kevin man. Nash in the back before any match ever. Just, yeah. Oh, man. Um, so that was... that the was, show took a weird turn, It man. did. <laughs> um, so Y2J <coughs> says that, and this isn't really a big secret, that a lot of the WWE talent right now wants to kind of do the same thing that... John Moxley just did. Where That's he, fantastic. Everybody wants to talk shit on the place that they work. Everybody I mean, does. I mean, I'm sure... It's nothing new. It's not new. If, if we wouldn't get fired, I'm sure we, we would have some choice things to say about our own appointment. I make no comment at this time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... Yeah, listen, I was gonna say, especially you. I, I love my job. I know. I love my job. I'm a teacher. I'm not going to say anything other than that. Um, <laughs> No, no, that no, no, no. So, <laughs> we have a, a return date for Stone Cold's podcast, speaking of Stone Cold, a few moments ago, and that's coming back on the 18th of June, and uh, I'm kind of excited for that. Yeah, Stone Cold's podcast he, uh, was, a, was a lot of fun. For a guy who was known for drinking beers and just not taking anybody's shit, he's actually pretty eloquent on yeah, the mic. Yeah, absolutely he is. Absolutely him and, he is. Uh, him and Ryback. Like, you look at Ryback and you think, like, Ooh, like, meat, meat, eat now. Like, perfect example, you look at Ryback and you wouldn't expect him to have, like, beast-level intelligence from yeah. the X-Men. <laughs> like, but all of a sudden... <laughs> Where has this podcast gone today? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, you look at Ryback and you're like, okay, that guy's, like, a total dipshit. Because, like, all he, he knows... You just think he's just dragging around a club behind him, yeah. but he's really not. And he's, like, an actual, like, really sweet dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. And... Like, there's a guy, like, yeah, like, I was talking about, like, the stiffness in the ring. But there's a guy who could have very well went to TNA. Yeah. And been handed the world title and just rode whatever, like, wave of secondary fame that you can get from going to TNA. True. But yeah, he, he just did. went and picked up his ball and did his own thing. Yeah, that's true. And I have a lot of respect for a guy like that. And he wasn't wrong when he was saying that, you know, you need guys that are willing to take losses, too. On top of guys that are willing to win in WWE, and they should be paid adequately well. Like you know, obviously, if you don't have the world title, you don't get the ten or fifteen percent bump up yeah. that you get from like the pay per views. But still, like you need somebody that's going to make a winner look just as good while losing to that winner. Yeah, yeah, 
It's happening again, Will. Stop yawning. <laughs> All right, so um, I'm going to kind of skip around in, the, in this section a little bit here. Um, so AEW has confirmed that Paige v. Jericho is happening in All Out for the first, to crown the first AEW world champion. I like the match. I think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. I think that the way that they booked the whole Hangman Page, Hangman Page thing, shenanigans with Pac and everything, I think that that was the absolute perfect route to go instead of bringing in Moxley to have him have a match with him. Yeah. Because everybody was thinking, like, oh, that's going to be the mystery of him or whatever. And the other thing, too... Um, I'm, I'm assuming they're going Mox versus Kenny Omega. No, it's that... They did a video showing the guy that he's going to be going against for his first match. Um, yeah, it's not random dude really with a cigarette. It's not. Um, it's not that. We can um, when we do our double or nothing video. Uh, we're, we're filming multiple things today, just so you guys know. When we do our double or nothing video, I'll look it up in between, and we'll make sure okay. that, we, that we can talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, but, honestly. Is Paige signed to AEW exclusively? I don't know. I know he's. I know he's signed. I think so. Yeah. I don't know if it's exclusive. I would assume that it is at this point. If in, he is, in terms of North America, anyway. Well, if know. he is, that's who I want to have the world title between him and Chris Jericho. Because I, still, I think that's what I think that I'm hoping that's their plan. Yeah, I think Jericho will do the job. He's yeah. building this company yeah. on, on his name. I think that he'll do the job. But I, I have I have a a reason why that wouldn't happen. Two. Well, we'll talk about that in just in literally just two minutes or so. Um, it does look like AEW, according to all reports that I'm reading right now, coming out about the TNT deal, is going to be on Wednesday, even though they filed a trademark for, what was it? Uh, Tuesday Night Dynamite. Tuesday Night Dynamite. So it's looking to me like AEW's programming is going to end up on Wednesday nights, which I think... Wednesday paces, Night Dynamite. <laughs> which I think paces everything a little bit better in terms of mainstream TV. You've got Monday Night Raw... Wednesday night AEW, and then you've got Friday night, um, you got Friday night SmackDown when it moves to Fox. So I yeah. think that that paces everything out for the week for wrestling fans better. Yeah. And I think that AEW will have a better chance of catching an audience than if they did Tuesday night right after Monday night because they'll suffer from what SmackDown's suffering from right now. Too much of the same shit all on time. Yeah. You know, so I think that that's, that's a good thing. Um, so also for like, a general consensus, a lot of wrestling fans are also comic book fans. Or in the other types of, like... Nerd Nerd Yeah. Yep. So, Wednesdays is usually, like, the weekly geek day, because that's when new comic books come out. Yeah. That's when new, like, material comes out, like video games and stuff like that. So, it's literally the perfect day that, like, say, like, if I wanted to go to the comic shop, comic shop, grab, like, you know, a handful of books, and then I could throw AEW on in the background and listen to that while I'm yeah, problems. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I got a, a couple of little things here. Well, I, I have two big stories and two little stories. I'll start with the two little stories, okay? Um, first of all, Sasha Banks met with Vince, and supposedly things are going better. Sasha was just doing uh, a WWE video game thing in New York this past week. Um, it seems like that relationship is improving it's a little bit less AEW confirmed and a little bit more we think that we'll probably get her back on WWE programming this summer, which I think would be good. From what I've heard of it, it may entail a, a gimmick change. Who knows? Uh, I, I think it'd be time for that. I think, yeah. that. I think that maybe what they'll end up doing, because as we've talked about before, Fox is looking for a Hispanic star, 
um, I think that maybe what will end up happening is they'll play a little bit more into her Guerrero heritage and push her in that direction, which I think would be a smart move because then she has a whole new move set of ring moves that she can pull in to emulate yeah. Uncle Eddie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just... Uh, other than, uh, I guess, the takeover match with Bailey, I'm still waiting to be impressed with the whole Divas era movement thing, to be honest. I, listen, man, I, I have to disagree with you. The, the Sasha Banks-Charlotte Flair match on Monday Night Raw probably two years ago now, where it was a Falls Count Anywhere match, and they did the, the Steiner recliner through the... Like, she was... You know, she put um, Charlotte through the guardrail thing, like, the handrail yeah. thing in the, on the steps and put her in the Steiner recliner around it. Like, that match, if you go back and watch that match on the network, it is amazing. Now, am I saying that every women's match that comes out of the WWE right now is amazing? No. no I think And I think that there's... Absolutely not. And I think that there... I.E. WrestleMania 35... <laughs> Stop. Um, <laughs> we've already done our review for that show. Um, so, so he, here's my... pile of shit anymore. <laughs> so here, here's my thing, though. I think that WWE will always be behind the money on women's matches a little bit. But I think that the talent level of the people they have wrestling is just as good or better than anywhere else in the industry right now. And I think that if you look at your Jordan Graces, your Tessa Blanchards... You know, your Kelly Kleins, the, those, all of those people are very talented, but they have very similar gimmicks, not, not gimmicks, uh, portrayals in the WWE by other people. You have Jordan Grace, right? You have a powerhouse women's wrestler. That's your Charlotte Flair, except she's a little bit more, we'll call it gymnastics athletic, right? Yeah. That's, that's what we'll call it, Okay. <clears throat> You have a Tessa Blanchard, someone that's just rough, tough, mean, ready to go. That's your Becky Lynch. Yeah. Right? So you have these parallels in and throughout the wrestling world right now. And so I'm impressed with the level of depth they've gone to. the one guy on the planet that's not a Becky Lynch fan. That's his... his, He would tap it in a heartbeat. Screw what his girlfriend says. She says she didn't care. Alicia, you're not allowed to yell at me. (laughs) You're one of them guys. Yep. yep. Okay, and look at the ladies and just be like, that's a great wrestler. Nah, I want to tap them. Yeah. Oh my god. Alright, so listen. <laughs> Don't get um, me wrong. Yeah, I mean, oh. Mike, Mike looks at Mike Elgin and says that same thing. It's <laughs> <just> okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's just, uh. <laughs> I mean, I guess, like, if we're going to segue into, like, best looking, like, professional, like, female wrestlers. Oh, uh, we did that on our About Us video. Um,. Well, I wasn't on the About Us video. Well, so. <laughs> Casey Catanzaro! Uh, oh, man. Nah, probably Jessica Havoc. From uh, she's, got, she's got a great look to her. I've I always. What is, what is I always on? tend to go to, like. <laughs> I tend to go with girls that have, you know. Yeah. Built like girls. I don't like the bean bowl hole and, like, giant boob type. Oh man, I am so gonna have to edit this show so oh, much. God. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, listen. So this show has taken a very strange turn, and I apologize for that. Um, so <laughs> you keep apologizing for organic conversation. Yes, I very much so. Um, so it's apparently Brock Lesnar. <laughs> so apparently Brock Lesnar is going to cash in on Monday Night Raw. Which I is, guess Seth Rollins. Oh man, it's just a terrible. It's a terrible idea. Listen, 
I, I was watching Monday Night Raw simply to watch the Brock Party and the Firefly Funhouse. The Brock Party is probably the only reason that I would tune into Raw right now. Listen, I, I'm telling you straight up, and I thought about this really hard before, like, as this week went on. I thought about this, like, I, I really tried to find three things that the WWE has done right with Brock Lesnar since he came back from the UFC. There's only been three things that I can come up with that, that they've done right with him. They had him beat The Undertaker. It gave him heat. It made him, it made him notable again. It made him important again. It made him relevant in the wrestling world. It did, it did give us a very good meme. Yes. Yeah. It also did give us a very good meme. Okay? That's number one. <laughs> Number two, they redid Brock v. Goldberg, and it was a good run. It was perfectly done. The booking was done right, where they put Goldberg over yeah. big time. They built him the way they should have they built him the first the belt, time. Though. They didn't need the belt. I agree with that. that was I agree with that. More, more to push the video game than anything else. I think. Exactly, but I, but at the end of the day, they did it right. Okay, I would replace that with him burying John Cena. No, because I, I no. I disagree with I disagree with how they did that because when he first came back, Cena beat him. Yes, which was a mistake. So I don't think that a burial is appropriate, though. I just don't think that they should have booked it in that manner. But they had at that time, Cena was Super Cena. Yes, and they had five moves of doom. Yep, they had to make it. If if they had just a regular, (laughs) (laughs) nah, just kidding. You know, sixth move of Doom now. <laughs> the lightning punch. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Alright, so listen. That being said, um, the third thing that I think that they did right with Brock was the Brock party. They let him oh have fun God. with something on the air where it wasn't just Brock. Go out there, be meathead, and let Paul Heyman talk for you. They let him have fun. Him beating Paul oh, Heyman over the man. head with the contract last week. That was brilliant. It him made me da- want to watch Brock Lesnar. for the, in the first- ring was hilarious. It makes me want to watch Brock Lesnar for the first time in a decade. <laughs> My favorite shoot interview thing that I ever heard was uh, Paul Heyman talking about how they brought him back. And it was after they had Brock speak on the microphone to John... Uh, oh God, what's his name? Laurinaitis. Oh, Laurinaitis. John Laurinaitis guy. And uh, they get to the backstage, and uh, Vince was like, you know, that wasn't what I was looking for. And uh, Brock's like, just call Paul Heyman. He's my Jew. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Oh, Jesus, this show. <laughs> this show is going to kill me. Um, okay, so. I don't feel them. <laughs> you see these guys on the internet? Jesus, I'm getting fired tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I said John Cena, blackface. <laughs> oh my god. Why do you repeat? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I can't. I give up. Alright, so. Who better than Cammy? Don't, don't speak ill of the dead. Jesus. All right, so Y2J, um, we reported last week that he no-showed his thing at StarCast, mm-hmm. and they had a cardboard cutout there, <laughs> which is hilarious. Freaking hilarious. So, this was, the, so I did a little more reading on this this week, okay? So apparently what was supposed to happen was Y2J was supposed to do a live talk as Jericho at Starkey in front of the audience, right? Okay. And he couldn't do that because he knew that it was going to be him and John Mox, and it was going to contain spoilers for Double or Nothing. Okay. Okay, 
So what they did was he called the promoter a month ahead of time and said, I'm not going to be able to do this, but I'll come in person and do an in-character, you know, I'm not doing this for you people thing and walking off. Well, he had some kind of family emergency plan that he wasn't made aware of that he had to go and deal with. And so they said, well, how are we going to cancel this for people? And they put up a cardboard cutout. I would have had Jericho sign it. (laughs) (laughs) Like raffle it off to one of the random people in the crowd, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, for sure. But it's just like uh, booking. Um, So It's better than WWE these days. uh, You're not lying. Okay, so the last thing I want to talk about here before we get into our Twitter thank yous for the week. Um, And I I don't want this conversation to go on significantly long, so I want to keep that out there. I want to keep the show's already running a little bit long right now. But um, All Out, the All Out promotional material, uh, there's been a lot of discussion this week about the fact that it has those red stars from all CM Punk's promotional material from WWE on the poster for All Out. Uh, There's been a lot of speculation because of that, that CM Punk will make his debut at that event. I don't know that that's necessarily true because it's being held in Chicago, which is feeding that fuel, you know, it's fueling that fire. Here's my thing. Those same red stars, which is why CM Punk has them on his gear, are on the flag for the Chicago State flag. So I think that, that these guys were very good at the promotional material for Double or Nothing. Yeah, they did the, the poker it, chips and the dice and the snake, right? And so I think that this is more about Chicago than it is about CM Punk personally, because as I've said on the podcast It gets before, people talking about the, the pay-per-view and stuff yeah, like that. Right, exactly. It's, it's a beat. I definitely think it's beat. Because Punk's got that honest. nice cushy job at CFFC now as a, <laughs> as a commentator. To yeah. be honest, because he's such a, an MMA guy. If they were going to have Punk debut... They would do it on their first live show. I think that there's a possibility of that. Now, here's here's where like that, I think that because I mean, that would make you want more ratings. People want to come? Yeah, right. Next week, right. Now, here's my thing, guys. I um, <clears throat> I think that there's a possibility of this, and here's why. I think that there's a lot of money in doing CM Punk versus Jericho the correct way. Well, not hold just... on, hold on. Let, let, let me finish, please. There, there's there's money in that because WWE did not do it the right way. No. So, I think that Allah, John Moxley, coming in post main event at Double or Nothing, we get CM Punk in a mask, showing up out of the crowd, giving Jericho a GTS at All Out. Jericho then saying. Rob, we're going to talk about this on TNT. Same guy comes out. It's CM Punk. I, I, I don't see that happening. It, they're either going to do one of two things. He's either going to debut Sans Mask at the end of the pay-per-view. But the problem with that is that you've had two pay-per-views in a, view, in a row where you've had somebody pop up. Okay. What they should do is they should save it for something like their first show like they did with Luther. Or okay. not Luther, uh, Luger. Sorry, Lex Luger, Lex Luther. <laughs> Both Tom people who stare at each other in the mirror. Um, but basically, like, I think it would be more effective to debut somebody like CM Punk on the show. 
Probably three. I think, yeah, I think that's that's a ratings. That was their absolutely. I think right now the only lightning rod in professional wrestling is CM Punk. You look at any guy that WWE can come back in as a temporary guy, and you look at anybody that's available on this planet right now, and I see CM Punk and I see seven hundred fifty thousand to a million viewers just tuning in to see what that guy is going to do because nobody would believe that he'd be back. Hmm. Hmm. And I could also see them not having him come back. Like, he's very believable in not, you know, being there. Right. But, you know, you never know. Right. Okay. Um, Well, before we get into Twitter and everything, you, you said earlier in the show that you have a homework assignment for me. Ah. You never went into that. So, you have point blank said on the show many times that, including on our Get to Know Us show, which you should go watch, um, that you did not really go back and watch any of the WCW stuff um, on the network because it wasn't from when you were a fan. I want to encourage you to go back and watch Starcade from 94 through 99. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh. Start earlier, not later. Because the later Starcades, the main events there, some of them were god awful. You're talking Hulk Hogan versus. Brutai, yeah, I know. Just the barber and everything. I know. I know. Give them some good matches. All right, we'll go ninety. We'll go ninety, okay? And it's not a one-week assignment. Obviously, that's a lot of paper you used to watch. But I want you to dive into that WCW. You doubt my binge watching abilities? <laughs> <laughs> now, I watched the whole season of Game of Thrones in one day. <laughs> if we're gonna do something like this, this just proves that Will doesn't do anything with his. <clears throat> If we're going to do something like this. I don't work work there anymore, so it doesn't matter. The next time that I'm on, I'll list the pay-per-views that you should watch. All right. But I think I I want you to watch Starcade just because I want you to get a feel for what WCW's product was like. Because I want to be able to use that in comparison to talk about AEW. How about Starcade and Clash of Champions? Okay. Because Clash of Champions was where they put over Sting. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Okay. All right. So... As usual, we want to get to our Twitter shout-outs for the week. And uh, so we have a, a handful of them this week, which is really kind of cool. Um, we surpassed 400 followers this week. Crazy. We, we have grown exponentially. Absolutely crazy. And that's, like, and that's not saying, like, we hit 400 and stopped. Like, it went to 405 and then it dropped down to 382 and then it went back, back up. up. To, yeah. and, and I haven't done a follow-back event in the last two weeks. So this is, this is organic people liking what we're tweeting about. And uh, enjoying it. And so we have a couple people that, that we have to say thank you to that are just like normal everyday people, not wrestlers. Um, Randy Dodd, again. Yeah. The, this guy, literally, he is a, 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 w, he is a W&T, a Will and Ted MVP, man. This guy likes every single tweet that we put out. He yep. is just, he's on top of it. And uh, same thing with Lisa Cruz. Yep. Lisa Cruz likes every tweet that we put out. Like, she's just on it. Especially if it's about, like, if we're live tweeting a show, yeah. she's like... Ten seconds after it's posted, she is just on it. She is interested in what we're doing. 
and that's awesome. That's great stuff. Um, you know, we hope that you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Um, then from there, I want to go back to uh, a couple weeks ago where I had tweeted out at Kelly Klein, who is the Women of Honor champion, and uh, she, recent, she recently liked a couple of our tweets. Kelly, like I said in, um, in the, the Twitter exchange with you, I, I would really like to get in and, and interview you you know, as one music teacher to another and as someone that has obviously very successfully broken into the business, I would love to hear um, what you have to say and, and, and get your thoughts on the state of women's wrestling in the industry right now. Um, you know, I think that you're doing great things in, in Ring of Honor and Women of Honor and, and I really want to make sure that we, that we connect at some point. So please, 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 you know, hit, hit us back on Twitter because yeah. we would love to do a sit down with you. Um, we have Casey Catanzaro, I mean, Again, she, she's incredible. She, yeah, she's great. She's incredible. She, she A, responded to another tweet of ours yep. this week. B, liked two more of our tweets this week. She is, and, and people, the thing is, and, you, and some of you guys might not understand this, people that don't have Twitter, like Mike, I know you don't, you don't have a Twitter account. Um, you know, it's because I'm a grumpy old man. You are a grumpy old man. <laughs> um, you All know, for, 34 years old in August. <laughs> When, when these wrestlers are liking our stuff, they have such a broad group of fo- followers yeah. that people follow us just because they took the time to like our tweet or yeah. respond to our tweet. And, and for, for someone like her to, re- to reply to two schmucks from Delco like us. Right, that, right. Multiple times now. Yeah. This is like three times now that she has made sure to, to get back to us. And then last but not least... Um, well, actually, I've, I've got two more. Okay? <laughs> I've got two more. DDP yeah. liked, liked my tweet about his appearance at Double or Nothing, which was really cool. Um, Diamond Dallas Page, you know, I have a, a great story about him that I'll, I'll tell very, very, very quickly. When I was uh, maybe 11 years old, my dad took me to a house show in Philadelphia at, at the, uh, my goodness, it was probably the Comcast Center still at that point. And um, it was a WCW house show. I'm in the nosebleeds. And the main event is Sting versus DDP versus Ric Flair. And uh, it's a triple threat match. And they had a great match back and forth. And DDP got Ric Flair running around the ring because he pulled the back of his trunks down. And so we all got a Ric Flair mooning <laughs> as he's running around trying to get, his, trying to get his, his gear back up. And then DDP hit him with the diamond cutter and won the match. Um, it was it was really cool. It was really fun to watch. Diamond Dallas Page has always been one of the most entertaining people in the industry, and uh, I just I, I really appreciate that he took the time to like our tweet. And yeah. like a lot of people seeing that match would think that DDP was like the young guy in that match, but they were all like neck and neck, like age wise. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> and then last but not least, and our and hero. Well, not some, not, well, not not Mike's, Mike's not Mike's hero. He told Mike to piss off on YouTube, but um. <laughs> but but our hero Simon Miller had replied to us twice today yeah. because I, I I purposefully asked him I said you know do you have an email for booking that we can get people in touch with you because I want to get Chris Sutton over at ACPW to bring Simon Miller in <laughs> for a match for ACPW this year we can make this happen damn it why because we want to make it happen damn it that's why. <laughs> WCW. All right. Oh man. Listen guys. 
thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we know that this has been a, a longer news segment, but we hope you enjoyed it. We hope that the banter kept you entertained. Um, let us know if you want to see more of him. Yeah, let us know if you want to see more of the, the Shrek-looking guy in the middle here. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we only can, can provide as much content as you guys watch. Okay, yeah. so you, please, please, please like, comment, share, and subscribe. And when I, mean, when I say share, I mean it. Please share it on yeah. Twitter. Share it on Facebook. We're not afraid of our product being out there, else we wouldn't be posting it on YouTube. No. You know, so please, you have that. You you have our request to push our content out. If you're enjoying it, you know, other wrestling fans will as well. So please like, comment, share, subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Will N Ted. That's Will the letter N Ted. No S in there. W R E W I N D. And uh, you know, we will we will catch you next time on Will and Ted's Excellent Wrestling Rewind. Have a good night. Peace.